missing the unimportant bit, which is the introduction and welcome. So if people drift in, that's absolutely fine. Um, but I'm Dorothy Bishop. I'm a Wellcome Trust Principal Research Fellow here in Oxford. Um, and I am just going to tell you a bit about the context of this meeting and why we're having it. Um, so the person who's really responsible for us being here, and indeed has covered the costs of the meeting, uh, is our Head of Department in Experimental Psychology, Kia Nobrain, um, who, when I was in the course of having my annual appraisal, um, started discussing with me things I should be doing for the department, and she looked me straight in the eye and said, I want our department to be a world leader in the reproducibility movement. And I thought, whoa, uh, this is better than being asked to be sort of on some committee for housekeeping or something. So <clears throat> we agreed that it would be good to have a day focused on reproducibility, not just for experimental psychology, but more broadly um, for the, the university, um, and that it would be good to have it as a satellite meeting, so we are the day before uh, an autumn school in cognitive neuroscience, which starts tomorrow and goes on for two days. And actually in the morning tomorrow in the autumn school, there are uh, four talks also on reproducibility. So. Um, we're really linking it in with that, but this is separate, and there was a separate booking system, so I appreciate the audience may be rather different. But what is it that we're, why are we so keen on, on doing something about reproducibility? It's essentially, uh, you'll hear from other speakers in, at some length, I think, about the issues that have started to bubble up over the past five or ten years, where there's become a lack of confidence in quite a lot of what's coming out in terms of research and the extent to which it is reproducible. But there are different views as to what you mean by reproducible. So I thought I'd just start with explaining what the coverage of this meeting is going to be. Um, this is Kirsty Whitaker, shown up on the top right, who's um, a wonderful speaker on this topic, who works on children's uh, and adolescent brain development, and is really a, a, a sort of she's a Mozilla fellow who is remarkably um, you, uh, creative in finding ways to do reproducible things and to talk about this with her lab. But she draws a distinction between reproducibility, replicability, robustness and generalizability. Uh, and the main thing I'm going to say is that we're not doing that today. We're actually using a very, all of this in a very broad sense to mean um, what reproducibility. Because um, these things, though, are all relevant in order to do good science that's going to actually be useful in life. So her view of reproducible is actually remarkably narrow, which is that if you have a set of data and you have a program, a set of code, that is designed to analyse that data, if you do it and if I do it, we get the same result. Now, you might think that's a rather low bar, but surprisingly, there are fields where people have really got exercised about this and found that it's not always uh, a bar that's passed. And the people who are most interested in this tend to be people who are working with pre-existing data sets. So in fields like politics and economics, where their people are not running experiments, but they're looking at existing data and then trying to draw conclusions. This has been quite an issue uh, that quite often reported results are not, do not turn out to be reproducible in this very narrow sense. But of course you can't test it unless you have the code and the data. And so to be certain whether you've got that degree of reproducibility, you need to also um, have the data and code available. Then you can argue that you shouldn't have to rely just on a particular analysis package. This is particularly an issue in areas like brain imaging, 
where two people may do analyses that purport to be looking at the same thing with the same data set, but actually get quite different results because of quite minor changes um, in how that program, uh, some sort of settings or parameters that are set. So what you want are results that are robust and are not going to change radically if you change your code a little bit, if you use the same data. That's, a, that's turning into quite a big issue, and particularly in neuroscience. For most of us, though, in psychology, biomedical sciences, medicine, and so on, we're talking more about experimental data, where the idea is how far can we be confident that if we run an experiment and report a set of results, that it's replicable in the sense that somebody else, if they do what we said we did, uh, that they will get, broadly speaking, the same results. They're clearly not going to be identical, but that the basic phenomena that we're describing are going to come out the same. And so to that extent, we're talking about replicability, and that is going to be a focus, I think, of quite a few of the talks uh, today. And then, of course, the ultimate goal in science is that it shouldn't just be reproducible, replicable, but it should also be generalizable so that you can have different experiments getting at the same core point, but that if you've got a decent theoretical explanation, um, you'll still be able, with different data and different methods, to show the same effect. So, for example, if I say children with autism have a particular issue with some sort of linguistic processing, I should be able to show that using different methods, possibly uh, different behavioural tasks or even uh, brain measures. They should all converge on the same conclusion. That's the ultimate goal. But we're not obviously not going to get there unless we are actually reproducible, replicable and robust in the other senses. And this is the issue, that each of these is important. <clears throat> so <clears throat> this issue came to, the, uh, came to um, the forefront a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I think three years ago now, <clears throat> when um, there was a meeting uh, at the Academy of Medical Sciences convened it together with uh, BBSRC, MRC and the Wellcome Trust all of them people who were concerned about this issue. The funders are very concerned because they don't want to waste money funding research that isn't going to be reproducible in that broad sense. Um, and we had a very interesting uh, meeting for a couple of days which culminated in a report which is available online. But the conclusions were that there is a problem, but there's no one single solution that we need action not just um, by researchers but by funders, by journals and institutions because a lot of the problems we have have to do with incentives. Uh, but we also need researchers themselves to take action to address weaknesses in methodology. And again, I think we'll be hearing about both these sides of the coin today. Um, so we're very fortunate. We've got a, a splendid roster of speakers covering quite a wide range of topics. Um, and we've got several of the authors of this Manifesto for Reproducible Science that was published um, earlier this year uh, that covers a lot of the issues. If you're unfamiliar with this area, this is a very good starting point. But we do have Marcus Munafo, the lead author on this, uh, Kate Button and Chris Chambers and E.J. Wagenmuckers all will be talking today, which is fabulous, as well as some other fabulous people. But we're going to start off with Marcus. So without further ado, I think uh, we'll get you set up um, on the system.